0: So, this week's episode is, is brought to you by, I don't know, patience or anger or uh, sodium chloride. Um, it's brought to you by a large amount of things. Um, it's the Mile High Hockey Podcast. I'm Steph House. The episode date is December 12th, and uh, we'll play the intro when the ads deserve an intro. How's that sound? Sounds good to me. That was the voice of Earl06. Also joining me is Ryan Murphy. Hello to Ryan.
1: Hello, my High Hockey fans.
0: And coming up on the show, we're, uh, we're, we're in good moods. And uh, I have a sinus infection. So this will be one of our best episodes probably ever, without a doubt.
1: <laughs> totally.
0: Um, so, without any further uh, rambling. On Tuesday, is that what day of the week it was? Yeah, Tuesday. Abs lose... Three to four to the Nashville Predators, and, uh, I don't know, this one didn't actually feel like three to four to me. Um, can't really put my finger on why, but it, uh, it's something that felt really bad.
2: I'd, they played better than they had in the previous six games, or wow. five games. Low bar. Well, I, you know, it's incremental progress, um... But, I mean, I think that there is definitely things that they built off to go into the next game. So, there's that.
0: No, there's that. Uh, Matt Duchesne scores twice. Nathan McKinnon also gets on the board. So, you can clearly blame the core for that loss. Airheads. (laughs) On Thursday, Avs win 4-2 over the Boston Bruins. John Mitchell gets his first point in almost a calendar year with a, with, his, with his goal. Matt Duchesne gets another himself. So does Nathan McKinnon and Carl Soderberg.
2: Blame did Cor. they stand up for anybody?
0: Uh, <laughs> and honorable mention of Nathan McKinnon's goal. That's, that's not how you use honorable mention. Nathan McKinnon's goal was shorthanded.
1: And it he wasn't. Was he looked tired. like he was flat out of breath, didn't he? Yeah, he looked
2: dead tired. I mean, <clears throat> it was a, it was a you know it was a PK shift. It was long, but and and we know that he was one of the ones afflicted with the flu.
1: But I mean, they almost caught him. So <laughs> this is the first time I've ever seen somebody catch up to Nathan McKinnon on an ice sheet.
2: Yeah,
1: first time in his career.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, his
1: celebration was kind of like, ooh. <laughs> come on man muster a fist pump let's see it <laughs> you just that, did a good thing
0: yeah that was before i turned that game on i was i was i joined that one pretty late
1: actually you know what i did too and you know i think that may have been half the reason they won i missed the first period of that
0: yeah there you go because then on saturday they the have went to montreal and actually they went to montreal on thursday night and uh That might explain their problems, because uh, there's a a lot of trouble to be gotten into in Montreal. But uh, they got beat up on by uh, double digits to one.
2: The metric massacre.
0: The metric massacre.
2: There's, There's someone in the recap thread put that out there. I love it.
0: It's never a good sign when the score is you have... X mini goals, and the other team has the same number with a zero after it. Yeah, <laughs> that's just bad. Okay, and uh, the at least in hockey, breaker, yeah. you know, in
1: other sports, it's probably a little more acceptable.
0: Right, 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 right. Um, the the lone shutout breakers from Blake Como, um, and if you watch that entire game, then I don't really know what to say.
1: I'm strong willed.
0: And or had to,
1: or really stupid, <laughs> <laughs> a masochist perhaps.
2: Yeah, I'm- I mean honestly, I don't. Th- I doubt there was much after the first ten minutes you really needed to watch. You know, you saw three quick goals. Not really even. You saw three quick goals on Varley. Saw three reasonably quick goals against Calvin Fird. Um.
1: I don't, you know, I, I, I'm i just at a loss to explain how that happened. That doesn't happen. I mean, even lopsided games in the NHL take at least a couple of periods to, you know, percolate a little bit. This was all the first half of the first period. And I've yeah. never seen anything quite like that. I mean, usually after three goals, you wake up. You yeah, know, you might <laughs> say like, well, this one's
2: in the can, but you don't give up three more right off the bat, especially when they
1: put the... Your 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 number one goalie and i mean that's just horrifying yeah i mean that was going to be a tough game from the get-go i mean montreal's got one of the best records in the league they've been playing well they're a little bit banged up right now but i mean that's a better hockey team and i did not expect the avalanche to win this game but i also didn't expect them to lose by nine goals yeah i mean you get the feel again i didn't
2: watch the second and third periods but you know, I mean, that could have been twenty to one. It could
1: have been.
0: And then on Sunday, of course, the Abs travel to Toronto and uh, have a result with, uh, with you know, some some scoring from one side or the other, maybe both. <laughs> We're recording before that before that game goes live. So um, Abs lose four two with uh, with goals from Mikhail Grigorenko and Andreas Martinson on the power play in the third period for some reason gets a butt goal. That's my prediction. <laughs> butt goal yeah
2: I don't know I'm gonna predict they win seven to five
0: I mean that's realistic
2: I know that's the kind of game they need after you know after last night I I think they just I'm sure Toronto would be more than willing just to play pond hockey if the abs are gonna let them open it up so Go for it! Yeah, they, know, last last goal wins.
0: I mean, you say that they have the horses to go for it, but they're also starting Antoine Bibo in that, and it is his first NHL start. Well,
1: Therefore, it's going to be a that. shutout. <laughs> 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 so uh, this just happened on Twitter, but uh, Mile High Hockey got accused of felating the ownership because we were less than apoplectic on our recap last night. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently I'm an insufferable optimist, but I too will predict a victory because this team has to do it. I mean, you have to bounce back from that game and play good hockey. I don't care if it's a second I have a back-to-back. You've got something to prove.
2: Yeah. I mean, every single guy in that room. I mean, there's just no other way to put it that they came out and looked like fools. I mean, you look at everything that was written about that game and it's just, it just makes everyone look awful. You got to stand up for that.
0: Oh, I mean, let's, 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 uh, let's not act like they didn't make themselves look awful here. Mm
2: -hmm. No, that's what I'm saying. I mean, (laughs) you know, they did it to themselves, but it's just, it's all out there. Electrons and everything.
1: Somebody passed a pretty uh, good stat along the, the little Twitter last night that, uh, through the first nine goals that they gave up, the Avalanche had given up nine high-danger scoring chances to Montreal, and they had given up goals on each one of them.
2: High-danger save percentage of zero.
1: Zero.
0: You know, I'm no math expert, but I think that's right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm not sure if that persisted for the rest of the game. I haven't checked. I haven't been able to bring myself to look at those stats again, but... um, I mean, that's one area we've pointed out that the Avalanche have to be better in their goaltending, and I don't expect them to stop every high-danger scoring chance, but you've got to get a couple. Even in their victory uh, against Boston, I think two of those goals were the immediate result of Calvin Pickard stopping a high-danger scoring chance and the puck going the other way.
2: Yeah, he was good.
1: In transition. You've got to get a couple of those a game. Your team needs that.
2: I mean, do you think that the the zero for nine is a function of bad goaltending, or do you think it's a function of things that are happening to the goalies in front of them?
1: Yeah, it's got to be everything at once, doesn't it?
0: It's I definitely yeah. a little of column A and a little of column B. As having not seen barely any of that disaster, um, at one point I noticed that the shots were 13-1. to
1: 1. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right, and there were turnovers in the neutral zone, uh, Francois Boschman, and there were just really poor recoveries. Uh, I mean, I don't know what you do about that. Also, Max Pacioretty was on a mission last night, and he looked like he could have scored four goals against any team. And yeah. He was going to have one of those games.
2: I mean, I love Max. He's from my hometown, but, you know, you, you can't let a guy have four goals against you.
1: No, way off, buddy. Come on.
0: <clears throat> you, you can if that guy is austin matthews yeah <laughs> and, you, C- and then you C- have C- the bad version of freddie anderson in that
2: um, but it, I, it just seems to me that the thing with the high danger save percentage it's it's more than the goalies and it, it i mean there should be something that we that someone can figure out as far as why that's so bad comparatively Um, I mean, are they allowing high danger score chances this year than they have been
1: in the past or, I mean, that's something we'd have to look at too. And my guess would be yes, because they're not clogging up the high danger scoring area as much as they used to. They used to make teams shoot from the perimeter. So, you know, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I I can't say right now, but,
2: uh, I mean, not that I want
1: them to collapse like they did last year.
2: But, you know, I mean, how, how are, you know, I just want, I'm trying to figure out why that there are so many of those chances that are getting scores this year. I mean, is, is, it, is it just as simple as, you know, Boschman or whoever fumbling the puck on the boards and it just goes right out to a guy that's not covered? I mean, it's just, it's really hard to put your finger
1: on what is going on there. Yeah, clearly the goalies are seeing something different this year than they were previously.
2: Yeah.
1: And it's had a very negative effect. Because, I mean, they're, they're letting in a lot of shots that they can see. Mm-hmm.
2: And that just seems weird to me.
1: So are we, you know, covering up uh, goalie deficiencies previously with the uh, other system? I mean, is that what was happening?
0: I really don't want to think that. <laughs>
1: I don't know. I mean, is Calvin Pickard merely, like, below average, you know, goalie? Is Semin Varlamov flat-out terrible? (laughs) Is that who he is?
0: There's an article that that David wrote on Mile High Hockey in Varley's maybe second season in Denver. And it was called Varley is Very. And I don't think that's ever been more accurate because this is the same goalie who can stop 50 in a night and then let in three in the first period. Yeah, he's either very good or very.
1: Yeah, I mean, he'll go through stretches of consistent goaltending, but I think uh, he's capable of both extremes on any given night.
2: And I think, I mean, I've seen Cal. I've seen every pro game Calvin's played. I mean, he's, you know, he, I, I've seen him do things before. Francois Allaire came to the ABS that were impressive. He was very raw back then. He's definitely been refined. But I you know, I don't think he's just out and out terrible. So I I mean, I think you're right, Ryan, that it's just they're seeing something they haven't seen before and the the defense is letting up chances they didn't before in a, in a really bad way. So having decided
0: so to spend my time last night watching the uh the end of the Boston Major from which, uh, if you're a Dota 2 fan, you should definitely watch Game 3 of that. Um, having not seen these 10 goals, I saw maybe a couple of them, how many would you characterize as magic bullshit? <laughs> as
1: far as the block. Or as far as
2: as far the front.
0: As far as nothing passed out of the corner, bounces off of teammate skate, bounces up into Tyson Berry's knee, hits John Mitchell in the back of the helmet, and falls in the net.
1: I mean, off the top of my head, I can think of two. Uh, One went off of Joe Colburn uh, in the end of the first period. I think that was either the fifth or the sixth goal. (laughs) I
0: remember everyone being happy that Colburn had finally scored again.
1: Right. And I think the other one was the buzzer beater at the end of the second.
2: 0.1 seconds? Yeah. That's just mean. It is mean. (laughs) But, I mean, as far as the first six that I saw, I mean, I I could – you know, I didn't feel like going back and rewinding and, and watching, what happened. <laughs> you know, there was a lot of really bad breakdowns. I mean, the first goal with Bochman basically just passing it into the center to two Canadians. I mean, that was just, Oh, what are you doing? You know, and it a, never got better. No, I mean, and, and these turnovers keep happening at the blue lines and those are the, you know, I I'm sure every coach tells every player from squirts on up that, if you're going to turn the puck over, don't do it here or here, and he's pointing at the blue lines.
1: Uh-huh. And you know what, we know Francois Aubochement is in decline at this point in his career, but he's better than that. And I'm not sure why he's not being better than that right now.
2: That's just he's, I mean that the that first goal he could have eaten the puck or I mean nothing bad was going to happen if he didn't, you know, make that awful pass.
1: Pin it on the boards. Wait for some teammate help.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, fall on, anything. Exactly. If he just you know he was falling down anyway. If he just fallen down on the puck, nothing bad was gonna happen. I mean, you know, something bad probably would happen. But. Sure. I mean, <laughs> maybe not that. Maybe not as bad as that.
0: But yeah, the so, uh, I don't I don't know if uh, if you guys were watching altitude or not, but the uh, the hockey night in Canada commentary was just. Totally baffled by that decision-making. And usually, um, like, you'll hear commentary, like, criticize a play um, a little bit. But they generally don't harp on guys too much. They were completely bewildered by that decision. And were convinced it was better tootin until they saw on a replay. And then, like, oh, that's Francois Beauchemin. That's a veteran guy who definitely knows better.
2: Yeah. I mean... If I hadn't seen it several times earlier in
1: the week, I wouldn't have believed it myself. But,
0: but I thought it was gold beef.
1: Who, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. by the way, last night was minus four, which somebody had to be.
0: That's not bad in a game where your team's minus nine.
1: Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure how that works out necessarily, but <laughs> he definitely had the uh, lowest gold differential. The worst gold differential. Uh
0: yeah, let's, let's talk about Goldbeef. He was acquired for Ryan Stanton, what, last week, I think? And, yeah. And then Eric Johnson gets hurt immediately, and Gold Beef is the call-up, and has done precisely jack shit.
1: <clears throat> yeah,
2: I, I'm, a, I'm on the fence about this. I mean, you know, I, I've never really noticed him before he got traded here, so I really can't say. But, you know, people say, like, oh, you know, he's got a little bit of potential. Um. You know, I'm willing to give him a little bit of time to integrate with people on the team and stuff like that. It's not easy coming into a team that's losing left and right and trying to, you know, do a new system and yada yada yada. So I'm willing to not cut him slack, but give him some time to to get with the team like that. But
0: it's not a you know, new system for him, by the way.
2: It sure. is. He's never he's never really played this system.
0: He play played it. With her, with uh, with Lake Erie last year. That's that's it, exactly what he told BSN. Is it's it's the same system. He I didn't play.
2: This. He didn't play in Lake Erie last year. Did he not? No.
0: Maybe they use the same systems of both teams. I don't know. He he acted like, oh, this is exactly what I know already. So
2: he played it. He played it a couple of years ago when they were in Springfield. Hmm. Ah, gotcha. But it, it's it's changed since then, and he's been in other systems since then because he he went up and played with the uh, the jackets last year and they, they played two different systems with the jackets last year. So,
1: yeah, I was under the impression too, that he was getting this opportunity because he was familiar with what they were trying to accomplish. Yeah. I mean,
2: you know, he, he's been interviewed. I've seen a few times saying that he played it a few years ago, so it's not totally new, but, um, Regardless, even if he knows the system well, he's playing it with people he's never played with before.
1: Also, you know, a veteran who's really struggling who's kind of being expected to, you know, help ease him into it. (laughs) Exactly. Francois Beauchemin is not helping anybody right now.
2: No. Um, But, again, you know, if if we're going to get anything out of this guy, you may as well give him a shot. I mean, we know what Jelena can bring. It's not much more than... Gold Beef is doing right now. So, how
1: about Jelena over Boeschman?
2: How about Duncan Siemens over Boeschman? I mean, you know, I, I know we're not at that point yet. They're gonna get to that point sooner it's or later. Gotta get to Soon that
1: right point.
0: <laughs> I really don't know about Jelena versus Gold Beef. I mean, Jelena has a a lot of a lot of stuff in the bad stuff column. He has a couple of things in the good stuff column. And as far as I've seen on Gold Beef, it's all in the bad stuff column. Good stuff
1: to bad stuff ratio is mm, ungood. Yep, it's uh NHL hockey there for you, though. It's a different level.
2: I mean, is is he is he Bodner Chuck? Is he is he worse than Bodner Chuck? Is he? I mean, I'm not ready to say it because I mean, he hasn't done anything good that I can say. All right, this kid's good at this, so all right, in this situation, we might be able to use him. So it's it's just tough to it's tough to just throw the guy out right now.
1: I mean, maybe we should, but I don't know. I'm willing to give Duncan Siemens a shot right now. I think it's the right timing. I mean, I think a lot of young players need an opportunity to play right now for this avalanche team. I'd be sitting veterans left and right,
0: which of course would start with Francois Yep, who has just continued to go downhill in a hurry. Like, I mean, we started the year being like, "Well, that's not great from Boshemin, but what is Soderberg doing?" And then as the year's kind of gone on, that sort of flipped. It's like, yeah, Soderberg's not doing a whole lot, but Boshemin, come on.
2: <laughs> Soderberg's yeah. actively hurting the team as much as Boshemin, probably.
1: Uh, yeah. I mean, it's the veterans who are struggling in the system right now, and that's why I think the younger players deserve a chance. I think they'll play better. I think they'll be uh, more susceptible to coaching. <laughs> yeah.
2: It just did, you know, I, I, I totally agree with the veteran thing. It's just tough to watch. I don't know. The, the other night, I can't remember if it was Boston or last night, but someone was behind the, the net with the puck, and Ginla was standing behind his man, 15, 20 feet away from the goal when he should have been in front of the goal. But he was just standing there watching. And I'm just like, dude, you you know, you you got to go do your job. You just can't stand there. It's just so frustrating.
1: Are we kind of starting to hear rumors he may waive a no-trade or no-movement clause? Yeah, he said something to Elliot Friedman, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I've heard that circulate. I didn't know where it originated, so...
2: I don't. I. I don't know if Elliot talked to him or if he's just taking Dater's uh, article about him a few weeks ago and, and
1: extrapolating. Yeah, that's hard to know. God, that would be nice. It, the Avalanche are in a position they could eat some contracts, take very little back, <laughs> and just you know move these guys on to somebody who will take them.
2: My question is for anyone who wants to you know thinks that we can move Iggy's is, is who would want Iggy. I don't know. You know, you, you, it's before a name. you think about trading him away somewhere, I mean, it's nice to just thinking of, of putting him in a rocket and jettisoning him into the sun. But you know, you have to find someone that will take him, even if we, you know, even if we keep four million of his salary or whatever the max is.
1: How about Calgary on a victory lap?
2: I mean, does Calgary look like they need Jerome McGinley? I mean, it, it doesn't seem like it to me. I mean, <clears throat> I think the Kings might be a decent fit.
1: That's about the only one I can think of. Yeah, but then again, you know, it's uh, also entertainment. (laughs) You know, it's a name you can fill seats with, so it's not completely worthless, maybe on a hockey level, but...
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where are you going to find a taker for Francois Beauchemin? Kind of by the same same token.
1: I don't know. I think you have to sit him. I just don't know. I think you just sit there and eat the contract. Buy it out at the end of the year.
2: I think that's what happens, too. I mean I I don't know. I I think he definitely sit him now. I I think he what maybe he's got some lingering injury or something like that. I'd like to hope so, but you know, if he's not right, get him right. Um
0: if he's got a lingering injury, what is he doing in the lineup
2: every night? <laughs> um because they don't want to play Eric Jelena. I don't know. I mean, it's just <laughs> I mean, he's, you know, he sat out of proc- uh, the practice after the Nashville game. Yeah. With, I I guess it was a wrist injury or hand injury. Hmm. So, I mean, I can, you know, I, I can see that he might be dealing with that. Maybe that's really affecting how he's passing the puck. And So it ends up going to the other team every time instead of to an avalanche player.
1: We should emphasize that the Avalanche don't have a lot of options either. I mean, if uh, Chris Bigra were healthy, uh, that may be different. But it's not like they've got a ready made player to step into that role. I mean,
2: I think Siemens could handle it. I mean, honestly, he's been playing so much better um, in all facets of the game this year. Yeah. That. You know, if he's actually ready to be able to to step into a role like that,
1: I mean, this is the perfect opportunity to to try that out. Right. I mean, this is a bottom pairing role. He's not being asked to do a whole lot. Um, you know, and it's time to see what you have in the guy. Yeah. I mean, you can't just keep him down the NHL forever and not give him a shot. Yeah. I and mean, Was he three games in, NHL career wise? One. One. Is it just one? one. Yeah. <laughs> perfect.
2: Yeah, Um, no, because I mean, with everybody injured in San Antonio, that he's he's the number one defenseman down there. He plays twenty five to thirty minutes a night, which is what we've wanted
1: for years.
2: Yeah, he's shown signs of actually being able to create a little bit of offense when given the chance. I mean, they they can't afford to put him on the power play or anything like that, or or easy starts, because he's you know, there's basically two guys that can play defense. On the whole, defensive
1: core. I mean, we know he can skate at an NHL level. He's always had that. He's a yep. big guy, but he's not a slug. And if he's passing <laughs> well enough, what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, it, I mean, actually, it, 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 the good thing about him is is he's mean, and he's got a bit of a snarl to him. I I think it might take a little while for that to manifest itself at the NHL level, but you know, there's. Think about mean defensemen on our team.
1: Hmm. <laughs> you know? Nope. 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 <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can think of. I mean, EJ's one kind of mean defenseman. Wants to be. And that, that's Eric Johnson, and yeah. when he plays the mean defensive role, he he gets s- into trouble. He sucks. <laughs> he sharpens his elbows and throws them at Minnesota players, which may be entertaining, but doesn't win you the game.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wins you a lot of journalist fans, though.
0: Yeah, it wins you journalist anti-fans, and it wins you suspensions. Right. And power plays for the wrong team, which, I mean, I don't know how much you really want your team to have
1: one. Yeah, because having a lot of penalty minutes is a good thing.
0: Oh, good lord. We're we, not... should, we
1: should celebrate that.
0: <laughs> We're not going that way. I will not allow and it.
1: Duncan will take a
2: penalty every once in a while, which sucks because he's the best penalty. Um, Wait, he kills penalties, too? He, Bring he, him up. He, he plays the whole penalty kill, basically. Really?
0: <coughs> I want to think the ass penalty kill isn't that bad. You, you guys talk while I look that up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so we get to postulate while you give the correct answer when yeah. we're done? Yeah, I mean, it's just... <laughs> what do you think a
0: producer does?
2: yeah, yeah. If you think of things that the defense is lacking right now, Siemens answers a lot of those questions. And it's just it all boils down to whether he can handle it.
1: Yeah, I mean my my guess would be that the avalanche penalty kill is okay. It ain't good, it ain't bad. I'm guessing I, it's really bad. I bet it's like eighteenth.
2: I bet twenty fifth. Okay. <laughs> or lower.
0: I'm betting NHL.com sucks.
2: Really slow, isn't it? That's fun. I love it.
0: No, it's not that it's being slow. It's that I just can't find anything.
2: I know. It's not only that, but it's just you have to go through 10 pages and wait 30 seconds for them all to load.
0: Okay. Penalty kill percentage is not a good number, really. Um, but it is. they are 79%, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7th worst.
1: Mm. 23rd. Okay. Closer to you.
0: Let's run toward uh toward puckalytics team stats situation five B, or four v five. And goals against per sixty is a little bit better. They will come in twenty first.
2: Well, just for reference, the rampage penalty kill is in the top five.
1: Really. Yeah, that's I'm like. I'm sold. A-
2: Duncan, 2016
1: yep yeah. free Manson
2: and you know they <clears throat> and they do play the same system it's, you know and they play it better
1: They're, are there some uh penalty killing forwards we have to acknowledge for that result as well
2: yeah I mean the the pe- everyone who p- kills penalties does a good job that's why it works. Hmm. You know, Gabe Bork is really good um, Troy Burke. Uh, Vogel Huber when he's healthy, um, Sam Henley of course. So I mean, you know, you've you've got a bunch of stout forwards that are good at that.
1: Huh.
2: And the forwards are probably better than the defensemen, other than Duncan. Hmm. I mean, the Rampage have four, three rookies plus Mason Gertson who's basically half of a rookie because he, he yeah played less than half the season last year. Right. Still so, a young guy.
0: Yeah. He's a rookie.
2: <clears throat> and Boykov's been doing fantastic lately.
0: That joke might work better in in actually print than than said out loud. <laughs> see, Rue is half the word "rookie." <laughs> Why well, you see because?
1: <laughs> Explanation.
0: Um, if you have to explain a joke, you know it's a good one. <laughs>
1: That's what I heard. So, uh, how much of that penalty kill is uh, one Spencer Martin?
2: Yeah, a lot of it. Again, it's everybody's doing their job. <laughs> you don't get well, to be top five in the league just by you know a couple of good guys. I mean, it's you know they're they're well drilled. They know what they're doing,
1: and you know they execute the way they're supposed to. Can't score on the other end, but yeah,
2: uh, yeah. That's Ooh. one thing I've seen lately. You know, Eric Veyu's tried to open up the offense a little bit, and it's had the opposite effect. It's it's made the offense even worse. <laughs> <laughs> and it's made the defense worse at the same time. He's got to be baffled. <laughs> Come on, guys.
1: <laughs> yeah, they're missing a lot of important pieces on that team.
2: Yeah, they are. You know, it's... And it's just so chronic. Theoretically, we could be getting some guys back soon. I mean, theoretically, yeah, there are, there are hints that maybe some of the the wounded were going to join the team today. Gosh,
0: not that we would ever know about that for sure.
2: No, yeah.
0: but uh, it's, it's mean, got a. Meanwhile, in Colorado, the penalty kill has some guys doing their job, but not most of them. <laughs> and uh, Simeon Varlamov has. Is giving up three goals per sixty shorthanded, which is uh, the ninth worst in the league. And he's got about twice the time on ice of everyone. No, more than that. Oh, apart Neuwirth. from Noivert, he's got more than twice the time on ice of everyone else with with worse numbers than him. Noivert is not is right just like one spot above him, at three point one two with about half the time on ice. Calvin Pickard, for the record, is two point seven one. And the best regular is Devin Doug-um- Doug Nick at one point three.
1: That's a lot better. That
0: seems good. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably okay. Carey Price one point three three. What other names might people be interested in? Peter Pooter Budai one point seven four. Pooter. Pooter Budai. Peter Budai one point seven four goals against for sixty on the penalty kill in over a thousand minutes.
2: That's really? A lot of,
0: that's a lot of shorthanded time.
2: Uh, good lord. Wait, a th- that's 500 penalties. There's no way they have 500 penalties at this point in the season.
0: Yeah, that's got to be something that's like averaged out or something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you had 500 penalties. <laughs> There's no maybe, way. It's,
0: maybe it's 1,000 seconds.
2: Yeah, that's it.
1: <laughs> Man. Best way to revive a goalie career? Go uh, play for Los Angeles for a little while, huh?
0: Yeah, Boots has been good for them. Yeah,
2: he's fantastic for their AHL team last year.
0: Yeah, he he's hanging out right between the Bob Cop and Chad Johnson with that shorthanded number. So good for Peter Budai.
2: Not good for us.
0: Not good for us. But uh, speaking of clapping, claps for Jerome McGinley, who alleged, who played a, his fifteen hundredth game in the game that allegedly occurred in Montreal. Um, I guess that way you'll make sure you remember it.
1: Yeah. I love the poor, you know, official Avalanche Twitter feed last night. (laughs) Instead of acknowledging what was happening on the ice, like, hey, everybody, recognize Jerome McGinley for his 15th under the game. Like, we are not talking about that right now. (laughs) No, I mean, uh, hats off to him. That's tough to do. And if there's anything good to be said about his career with the Avalanche, it's been he's played in every game, I believe. Right.
2: Yeah.
1: Has he missed a game? No. Which is really impressive. Um, granted, I would like him to sit out a few games, but <laughs> different discussion.
0: And Then it becomes who you're going to play above him.
1: You don't have anybody right now.
0: The, the forward depth is a problem. <clears throat> I mean, you know that Jerome's a guy that's never going to take a shift off. And uh, J- Jerome McGinley at 100% is uh, going to be about as good as any other forward depth that the Avalanche have right now, so.
1: Yeah, of all the things I complain about this year, he's really not probably my top five. <laughs> I mean, there are other concerns.
0: Uh, let me hear your top five.
1: <laughs> uh, Beauchemin, that, goaltending. That's what we
0: call calling a bluff, by the way.
1: <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah.
0: Oh. Beauchemin I, and goaltending, is two.
1: Who, oh God, who are the three going?
0: scratches of the week?
1: Oh...
2: Earl, see, you got as, one I'm not as high on McGinley as you guys seem to be because i I see him floating so much I see him bolting the zone early I see him not being in position not winning board battles um, you know I, I, I there there's a lot not to like about his game this year as far as I'm concerned i th- I think the fact that he was on the fourth line last night wasn't an accident.
0: I am not high on Jerome McGinley at all. So, stop that noise right there. Yeah. But uh, I'm also not sure what other options the team has.
1: A bunch of try-hard guys you can give those fourth-line minutes. I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't put Cody
2: in front of them, and that's who the, the scratch is. So, yeah. yeah, that's fine. If you want to start talking, calling up some guys, then, then I, I could hand out some.
1: Guys, but Yeah, bring up your... You know, your Borks and your Henleys and see what you can do about that. Yeah. But I would scratch Colborne before
2: him. Mm-hmm. I'd scratch Martinson before him. But that's about it.
1: You know? Can I uh, maybe scratch the lineups from this week and the you know, the coordination of players, uh, particularly Matt Duchesne being on a third line? <laughs> can I scratch that?
0: Yeah. You can scratch Bender if you want.
1: I hate is that, that. Is that really the third line, though? I mean, it's kind of the way it's being written down, but sort of, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I doubt, I doubt
2: by ice time he's anywhere near third line. Sure. I, I, I will scratch having Johnny Mitchell be his center for the past few games. Yeah. That's kind of what I mean. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, I'm at the point right now where I want to say, screw the egalitarian approach here, and let's just stack a lion and a half and see what we can do. Because those guys are getting your big minutes, and you can diminish everybody else's playing time.
0: Maybe last night isn't the best uh, picture for which line is getting the top and third line minutes, but the Duchesne line had the most ice time.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: And by last night, I, of course, beat Montreal. Because the Toronto game still doesn't happen for another 40 minutes as we were chatting.
1: (laughs) Yeah, tell me, it's not a third line in minutes, clearly, but it's a third line in perhaps... Talent,
0: <laughs> Duchesne, Mitchell, and Soderberg.
1: Yeah, wasn't it Miko? Soderberg was
2: with Landy.
0: Miko's yeah, so. ice time lines up with well, nobody to be, to be clear. I'm There's just a... going by who has like the closest, uh, closest yeah. ice time, and they all have about
2: 17:30. I mean, I see what. What JB was doing last night with the Lions. First of all, it's Landy's first game back after not playing for a long time, so, you know. He's not getting the full load. Exactly. And also with the, you know, obviously he and Soderbergh have chemistry from, you know, last year, the World Cup, yada, yada, yada. Be nice to get Carl going a little bit, so... And it's also nice to spread out the talent. If you have Duchesne, Landis Gog, and McKinnon on three different lines, how are you going to match up with that? I mean, the answer is pretty easily if you're Montreal, but
1: <laughs> yeah, we're not concerned about the puck being in the offensive zone at all, actually.
2: So that that you know that was a backfire, but I mean the reasoning is somewhat sound.
1: Yeah, I mean it, it does it definitely has a logical explanation. I'm just not a fan of that, um, not through long stretches. If you want to start the game that way, sure. But at some point, stack your top line and make somebody play it.
2: Okay. Let's say you put all the good players in the top six. Let's let's say you right. put Mac and Dutch and Landy and even Carl, Miko and, and Grigorenko, in the top six. All right. What are we looking at for a third line? <laughs> you, know, you got Johnny Mitchell and Iggy and Como again, and we know how uh-huh. good. Looks. And then your fourth line is. I mean, why even put it up there? Ah, uh, yeah. So, I mean that's, you know, he's not in a good spot.
1: <laughs> no, there's not a lot of choice there. Yeah. Yeah, I just think that you almost make your better players worse by not giving them somebody with skill to play with or complementary skill rather.
2: Yeah, I mean it's someone should have tapped him on the shoulder and said, "Look, you, you know, you might think that Johnny Mitchell looks like a good idea for your top 6. But, but we've you're tried wrong. Many times, and it doesn't work.
1: What are you talking about, man? He finally scored a goal.
2: He finally <laughs> scored a goal. He's got his point. Monkey's off his back. Mid December. Now the two points, points can, into the season, and he's got himself a point. Now the points can come flowing forth.
1: <laughs> yep.
2: Now we the,
0: just open
1: up the faucet.
0: Just, uh, just had to turn that knob just a little bit. Now that the pressure's off. Yeah. Get ready for John Mitchell's fifty-goal pace. Uh star of the week for Matt Duchesne, who had three goals in three games.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, I, I, like we were talking about, he was maybe a little bit tentative coming back from the concussion. Um, you know, it was really good to see some net, some front-of-the-net play, some dirty goals, some good shooting. I mean, he, he's
1: back to being Dutchy. Mm-hmm. I mean, could you put McKinnon in that category just for scoring goals too? I'll allow it. I mean, you got
2: someone better? I mean, sure. Nope.
1: (laughs) 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 Um, My other suggestion is Zadorov. I think um, he's clearly this team's best defenseman right now. And perhaps only good defenseman. He's really, I don't know, it's his job. He's got to be the guy.
2: Yeah, I think, he, I think tentatively he's going to, you know, as the weeks and months pass without Eric Johnson, he's going to take more and more
1: of that role. Oh, It'll the, be good the, for his growth.
0: The sound in my head when you said months, <laughs> it was like an 80,000 stadium full of people just planted itself in my brain watching a soccer match.
1: <laughs> and, and they all have vuvuzelas and,
0: and it's two to two <laughs> in the 89th minute and out of the, and here comes the corner and it's like an amazing bicycle kick off the bar and they all go ah! that's the sound my head made yep
2: it's no fun that's for sure hmm.
0: no Eric Johnson till February
2: crap but you know GG It happens. So, you know, crisis meets opportunity. This is Z's time to shine, and I hope he
1: does. Yep, I'd also like to see Chris Beeger on there sooner rather than later. So let's get that guy healthy too. You know what I'd like to see?
2: Tyson Berry playing some good hockey.
1: (laughs) Who? (laughs) (laughs) Is he still on the team? Yeah. I remember something about a contract, and I've yet to hear his name again. I don't
2: know. Part of me wants to believe that, you know, the defense coaching staff is, is challenging him to do what he said and become a, a real live two way defenseman. And that this is just, you know, this is part of, you know, expanding his game like that.
1: Yeah. I want to believe that too. Yeah. Um, I think playing with Zadoroth <laughs> is actually better for him right now.
0: Thank you, Ryan, for the title of the episode. I want to believe.
1: I want to believe. <laughs>
2: The truth is out there. <laughs> Trust no one. <laughs> but yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, it, it with with EJ out for weeks and months. Uh, Where's that sound again? He, he, you know, I'm sure everyone's looking for him to step up. I'm sure he's looking at himself to step up. If if, and Zadorov can can put together a decent pairing between them you know that that should be fun to watch
1: you know the rest of it's going to be trash but uh, it is what it is we don't really have the problem with him wandering around too much and being out of position right now do we that was everybody's fear is like oh tyson berry's got to be so aggressive you know how can you put him with Zadorov? he doesn't know where to be on the ice and i haven't seen that yet
0: meanwhile yeah. francois Boschman takes a half slapper from the face-off dot right <laughs>
1: Breaks his stick
2: <laughs> <laughs> falls down. <laughs> the puck bounces out of the zone right to an opponent for a breakaway. <laughs>
0: so how much of this is needing to find a partner for Tyson Berry?
2: I don't know. I think I think we focused on that for so long. I I think I, I don't think it's as big a deal as-, as we've all made it out to be. Yeah. Um, you know, I-, I really do think it's a question of, of him figuring out how to be you know, a complete
1: defenseman. Yeah, let's be real too. He's making five point nine million dollars a year now. I mean, we shouldn't have to worry about who we're pairing him up with. That's uh, he needs to be carrying his pairing. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable expectation.
2: I mean, not this. I I, I don't I don't see that he has to carry a pairing. You know, if he's playing with Zadorov, I think you know that's a complimentary situation.
1: Yeah. Like, are I like you
2: you know i would i wouldn't want to put him with Jeline on and say here dude carry this guy around i mean he, you know why would you do that to anyone he carried
0: nate Gennon
1: <laughs> <laughs> and nick holden <laughs>
2: <clears throat> but i just I, I don't see that as a
1: a proper use of his talent yeah i mean that goes back to my argument a couple of minutes ago is i, I want to put our good talent with other good talent so we're compounding it rather than you know trying to balance out a weakness yeah.
2: You know, if you look at it, if you if you get Barry and and Z playing well together, and Weirkosh and Tootin playing well together, and just don't play the other guys, <laughs> ever, ever, <laughs> you know, then, you know, it's not as bad as it looks. Remember when we all thought
0: that? Uh, yeah, I remember when uh, when Barry and Weirkosh were pretty good, and then we all actually looked at their numbers and went, oh. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we're not, maybe we're missing something here.
2: Yeah, I just, I, I, that's that's not as complimentary as it looked.
0: No.
1: <clears throat> I'd still like to see Weirkosh get some more uh, power play time.
2: He's yeah. got a shot, eh?
1: I mean, I think he works the line pretty well. Yeah. You
2: know, he, that skill that we keep going back to of, of guys that can't keep it in at the blue line.
1: You know, he, he can do that. So you're saying that you agree with me? He should be getting power play time instead of Francois Boschman?
0: Yeah. Well, that's a hard fucking call
2: to make, isn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, I didn't uh, leave you a lot of room to wiggle there.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm fine with Tooten on the power play. Hmm.
0: If we can get him healthy.
2: Yeah, I mean, he, you, you know, look at his assists. You're like, you know, this guy's. Looks like he's doing nothing all game. And, you know, he comes up with an assist somehow. I like that.
0: He's yeah. just stable preventing zone entries. That's like, that's his best skill. Yep. And then that turns into a, a nice pass the other way. And now you've got offense. And you don't notice it because it's not flashy. And he, he's not blowing somebody up with a hip check. And, you know, he's not, you know, just kind of exploding guys. But.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't really like his game that much in static defense in the defensive zone. You know, I think he's he's a little susceptible to being beat one-on-one.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But, you know, between the blue lines, I really like his
1: game. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah, so. again, another one of those players that's just not the biggest problem right now. Nope. I mean, I think you need to improve on him for next year, hopefully with a younger player already in your system. But why not? Good holdover, so we can keep all your young players out of the NHL and away from the expansion draft.
2: So we can all agree, if if we can keep that third pairing of Bosh and the Beef, keep their minutes down
1: around 12, (laughs) As little as possible. Little as possible. Yeah. No special teams.
2: I'm not, not expecting a big run on wins or anything, but I think they can you know they can play some respectable hockey for the next couple of months.
1: Yeah. but go play Zadoroff and Barry 25 minutes a night, please. Yeah. Just ride your best players and go win hockey games because this fan base is really losing it right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, this fan base is beyond losing it. It has lost it. Yeah, that's in the past now. Yeah. Whatever it is, it's gone.
1: It's not just the fans either, and you know it's the media. It's the, it's just the tenor of everything around the team right now is just, like the word I used earlier. It's apoplectic.
0: It's a good word. I like that word. It yeah. is. It starts with A pop, and that just sounds cool.
1: Yeah.
2: I mean, I, I, you know, I understand why everybody wants to trade the team right now
0: trade the team (laughs) maybe that's the the title of the episode trade the team
1: (laughs) trade the team
2: (laughs) you know i mean that's that's a perfectly legitimate way
1: to feel about this team right now yeah um but but you know what they're not like a lot worse off than they were last year you know record wise you know i think it was what even going into yesterday's game um i'll have to double check that but you know they're playing about as poorly as they possibly can and the records as good as it was last year, and they were competing for a playoff spot down the stretch.
2: Yeah. Bar's a little bit higher this year, but yeah. Yeah.
0: I wonder if the, if the bar, like, we didn't raise the bar that much this year. I almost wonder if we raised it too far, if we gave the roster a little bit more credit than it deserved.
2: I I mean I thought there were more teams that were going to be worse than they are, and that's that's what's killing them now. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, when you don't have a couple of teams that are on pace for like seventy points, seventy five points, you know, it makes it really hard not to be last in your division
1: if you're poor. Yeah, but some bad teams all of a sudden get kind of good. Um, You know, like in Edmonton, They're, they're mediocre. They're I mean they're just more mediocre than we are. Right.
0: Edmonton are just such a one-man show, though.
1: They really are. Yeah. Chicago's never going to drop off, ever. It's never going to happen. doesn't even matter if you lose your goalie for a long stretch. You're still going to be the best team ever.
0: Yeah, um, the, the tip of the, of the week is don't move to Chicago. Um, because if you live in Chicago, there is a chance that you become the one who wins the lottery and get stoned to death. That the hockey team can remain good.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> <sighs> it's a pretty Catholic city. Maybe they sacrifice Vestal virgins.
0: Maybe hmm. <laughs> it's got to be something. Yeah. Every year we look at their roster and go, "Aha! This is the year that they fall off a little bit." And nope. it haven't been right yet.
1: <laughs> Dallas did a little bit.
2: You know, sure Dallas did.
1: is like the one team you could kind of say is really underachieved this year, especially in the division. Yeah, they might give up more breakaways than the Avs do. Well, I mean, our defense finally turned into what we thought it was going to be last year.
2: Yeah. Kling- turned into a pumpkin. Oh. I mean, Kling- Klingberg and Barry, the parallels are fun, you know? Aren't they? <laughs> Maybe we could trade for there Klingberg. Are a lot of things to commiserate with Stars fans about,
0: which drives me nuts because I hate the Stars.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I think they probably overachieved a little bit last year.
0: Probably so. But I achieving. But to uh, to bring us back to everyone being a pop. <laughs> Everyone having just gone completely bananas. Um, a 10-1 blowout will do that to you. Yeah. It will. Um, but, be surprised if it didn't. But I've, I've never seen this fan base attack each other at the level that was going on at, during and after that game.
1: Yeah, and you know why? It's because no one has a clear solution anymore. You know, It's not like if we do this one thing this will happen. I mean, it could be so many different things. There's so many different options.
2: There's just no patience with anything. I mean,
1: yeah,
2: you know, it's like we're 25 games into the season. It is just, it's really going poorly. Yes. You know, that's very obvious, but you know, this is something that, you know, before the season, everyone was looking at like, you know, 40 games in, it might still be kind of ugly, but you know, it'll probably get better from there. And it's just, we're not even to 40 games and people are just like, ah, just, just fuck it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think my option would be to be more patient. I think this roster's got a long way to go. I think the system has a long way to go before it's fully implemented. And I, it's just, this is a real struggle right now to watch. I mean, I, I understand. I I have a hard time watching it too.
2: Yeah.
0: Just be watchable.
1: Yeah, I mean, somebody threw out a comment the other day, like, "Hey, can't they just be mediocre?" <laughs> I think just, they'll end up being mediocre. You know, I have yeah. I... good like eighty-two win se- or eighty-two point season.
0: I'll take an eighty-two
1: win <laughs>
2: season. Yeah, yeah, right. But... <laughs> no, I mean, I you know, I think it'll be a struggle to get to eighty-two points at this point, but yep, you know, maybe it won't be. I mean, in, in March we could be looking back at, at these types of conversations and being like god
1: what were we thinking you know (laughs) this team turned it around yeah and let's not forget that montreal also got beat by 10 goals earlier this season they've got the best record in hockey
0: yeah oh that was it was made completely clear to me that that is not a comparison that it's okay to make so Yeah. yeah let me just stop you right there before the internet rises up and slays you (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that their team's rosters are very different rosters records are very different therefore it's not the same
1: okay and i'm not sure how to respond to that,
0: that i did i wasn't either i just didn't i was like uh uh okay
1: uh, <laughs> sure <laughs> i mean it's still just one tick in the loss column one tick that's it yeah not only
2: that, they gave up 10 goals to a team that's worse than them in the in the standings.
1: Right.
0: Mm-hmm. We gave up, up 10 goals as one of the bottom five to, isn't Montreal top five? They should be. Any Carey Price team can easily be top five.
1: Sure. Right. Well, I mean, they've got the most points in hockey right now, 41.
0: Oh, so maybe they're top one, though.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh, plus, Columbus isn't that far behind with 38 points, so, you know.
0: Yeah, Montreal 41 in 28 games, Colorado 21 in 26 games.
1: <laughs> 20 points behind.
0: Yeah, just 21. Just, just 20 points.
1: Are we 30th I, right now?
0: don't. Yes, yes.
1: But they haven't played as many games either, so.
0: Well, they have one game in hand on Arizona who have 23 points.
2: Right. So we, we could be tied for 29th with a little bit of luck tonight.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> that, you know? Yeah. You know what? Sun's gonna shine brightly tomorrow. Toronto only has one more win than we do. They've got eleven wins, we've got ten. <laughs> uh, difference is they've been able to lose in overtime more often than we have.
0: Right. That's that's a point that, that Jibble Scribbitz made was that this team can't make it to overtime even. And everyone else can. Right. They don't lose good enough.
1: They don't you know, San lose good Jose enough. and the New York Rangers each have one overtime loss as well. But, uh, you know, that's because New York's been winning in regulation. <laughs>
0: and a few more wins. Uh, before we look at the next week, I do, speaking of Jim, I, w- I wanted to get to this tweet from last night. Which AVs were developed through the farm system?
1: Oh, great point. Not many. Um, I-, I saw this last night, so I don't want to blow it. So, but so it, the
0: list is Tyson Berry, Calvin Pickard, Cody McLeod, Miko Rantanen, Andreas Martinson.
2: That's it, I'm done. Marty never went... and Marty was in the AHL for like 15 games. Yeah, that's
0: only kind of a technically.
2: Yeah. yeah. Even- so, is, so is Cody, really, because he... You know... He he was... I guess you, you could, I mean, he was... They just found him on the door somewhere.
0: Did that robot really bad, or was that on my end?
1: Nah, I heard it too. Okay. <laughs> But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's uh, brutal. Well, Barry wasn't a full season in the AHL. I mean, of uh, uh, that way, and I think he played a full-ish season in the AHL.
2: He played a lot of one, and then some in the next one.
1: Yeah. <clears throat> but
2: I mean, I mean, he definitely developed in in Lake Erie. Yep. Yeah.
0: That he did. So, um. There's a big bunch of your problem and a big cause for the re- for your forward depth being poop. Um, so while Skype calms down, is having some issues right now, I'll just go ahead and talk about next week. On Wednesday. Um, Wait,
1: just just a
2: just like Zidoro should be in there. I know we didn't draft him and he was a trade, but he spent just about all of last year down there. So mm, you
0: know, okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I will allow Zador off with an asterisk. Um, so coming up next week, the Avs have a couple of days off before they return home on Wednesday for a classic rivalry matchup against the Philadelphia Flyers. Whee. That is 8 o'clock Mountain on NBC Sportsnet. It is an hour late because of the uh, exclusivity window, so expect a real hoppin' Pepsi Center at 8 o'clock local on a work night for a team that sucks.
2: <laughs> the night you love to hate.
0: That, yeah, it's, it's the Philip Ford, or the, good God, it's the Peter Forsberg Bowl, I guess.
1: Yeah. Yeah, keep uh, checking your schedules, too, because each of the next five games starts at a different time. That's yeah, hard to keep up with.
0: It's, it's real fun. On, on Friday, the Florida Panthers come to town, 7 o'clock Mountain, that one's on Altitude. And then on Sunday, we've got a matinee game, 1 o'clock in Winnipeg against the J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. Wow. Then Minnesota, Toronto, Chicago, Calgary, Dallas, and New York to end out the year.
2: Sounds fun. Let's, mm-hmm. let's
0: go ahead and, and give the full second week, actually. T- Tuesday is Minnesota at Minnesota on altitude to the Ocho. Uh, Thursday is Toronto at home. And then turn around the next day, Friday is uh, Chicago.
2: Hmm.
0: And then, then it's Christmas.
2: Oh, boy. Santa's going to bring us a whole bunch of wins.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're going to obviously skip the Toronto game tonight, um, a.k.a. yesterday, as most people listen. Uh, Philadelphia, Florida, and Winnipeg, uh, six points, book it.
2: damn
1: right book it (laughs) sign me up for that i mean would anybody be surprised if that happened (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) a team that hasn't won two more than two in a row yet wins three in a row yes
1: yeah i mean i I wouldn't be surprised they do it in spite of you directly in spite of you
0: yeah
2: well they're
1: great home team
2: you know the fans will be there rooting them on it's gonna be Awesome,
0: they've done everything else in spite of me personally. Like, <laughs> hey, all the good players are sick. they're in Boston. We'll just skip this one. we'll you know play some rocket league. What do you mean they're up three to nothing? <laughs> <laughs> I don't really expect them to win against Montreal, but please just be watchable. Oh six goals in the first period against uh...
2: <laughs> I called that as the only win last week,
1: too. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I mean, they beat them six one last year with Yogi. I mean, it sounded like a good
1: idea. Hey, this is why everybody listens to us, huh? <laughs> All these really accurate predictions. Well,
0: so far, apart from that pick, I mean, me and Ryan have been good this week. Boston, yeah. the most winnable game. It was the most one game by far.
1: Uh huh.
0: They they won that game the most by by a large margin. And then the there's no hope in Montreal game. They lost by the most. <laughs> That was the least one game of the week.
2: It's almost like they're predictable.
0: <laughs> well, they, they haven't been all year, so it's weird. But uh, Unless you just predict that they're going to lose, and that's pretty predictable.
2: Yeah. Lately. I'm going to go with they lose the first two and win against Winnipeg, because they've just had enough by then.
0: So they lose both the home games against these teams? Yeah. That'll go over well.
1: Definitely. Uh, I say they lose to the Flyers, win the other two.
2: You can beat the Panthers. Psh, I think that's yeah. true. They've, been I, come, they've been awful since they fired their
1: coach. For, for I know. Years.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm sure they beat Florida. If
1: there's a team that's in more disarray than Colorado. It's probably Florida. Okay, I'll go with four points then. You've convinced
2: me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think that Florida is the highest chance of of, of a win, and then. Uh, after that is probably going to be a toss-up between the other two, honestly.
1: Hmm.
0: I, I honestly have no idea what Philly's been up to this year, other than wearing that god-awful color.
1: Yeah. It is bad. Then again, it's the same color the Ducks wear, so... I mean... All I know is they're better than we are.
0: That's what's weird, is I like it with for, for the Ducks for some reason. Hmm. Maybe I just hate Philly.
1: Yeah. Understandable.
0: They're a pretty hateable franchise.
1: I've always hated them. Yeah. It's a traditionally hateable team.
0: And they wouldn't have it any other way.
1: I hate what feed off of it.
0: And and Winnipeg's the same.
1: Yeah.
0: Winnipeg is Philly West.
1: Philadelphia of Manitoba.
0: In hockey terms, sure, but it's all but Manitoba's kind of the kinda got one city and it's Winnipeg. (laughs) Right. It's got some other towns. I, I hear your complaints already.
1: I've heard there's a lot of really nice grass to look at. You know,
0: for a couple of months.
1: Yeah, Amber when it's not
0: covered in snow.
1: Oh well. Look, um,
0: we, we don't hate your home province, Cody. We just think it's cold and boring.
1: Uh, I've got a couple fun things coming up this week. I think I've got, like, two pretty non-traditional Mile High Hockey interview article things that are cool surprises. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Um, I think we're actually doing a book review tomorrow.
0: What's the book?
1: Oh, it's written by a certain person who used to cover the Avalanche Uh that currently writes for the Bleacher Report. And I liked it, so... Should have a couple of uh, fun quotes and stuff in there. But on Tuesday, we've got something extra special. I like it.
2: Extra special. Surprise. I saw that cue. I'm looking forward to it.
1: Okay. You, you looked at our editor. It's coming.
0: I've done that before. When uh, when we did the Scott Parker interview, I read that like a week ahead of time.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you guys have special access. I didn't read it. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to oh. wait till it's ready to publish. Yeah, it's fun. I don't know. We, uh, we need to look back in times like these and put everything in perspective a little bit.
0: <laughs> By breaking into the editorial queue and sniping articles before everyone else can read
1: them. <laughs> Precisely.
0: That's <laughs> definitely the best way to eat your member berries.
1: Mm hmm. <laughs> Member Avalanche?
0: Oh yeah, I'm member Avalanche.
1: Member Patrick Waugh?
0: See, that's a tricky one <laughs> because there's two of those.
1: <laughs> there are two. The goalie.
0: So um, keep an eye, of course, to uh, to MileHighHockey.com this week. We've got some uh, some special stuff in store for you um, I don't think the team deserved an intro but I'm willing to give them an outro um, because it's easier for me to talk over and know how much time is left in the show when there's when there's music pumping in the background so stay tuned to milehighhockey.com and uh, Mile High hockey on Twitter and facebook.com slash hockey. and you can follow the podcast at soundcloud.com slash podcast and mixcloud.com slash podcast and your favorite RSS catcher and iTunes and uh, you know He's probably etched in stone tablets somewhere. Or something I don't know how how kids do things these days. So, in the meantime, uh, hopefully nobody catches this cold that I have, and we will see you after the Jets game next week.
2: Because
0: the, the worst is when you you have a delicious dip and the chip just goes in there and goes. Eh. And that's the end of it. Well,
1: the I, worst I think... is when you have a delicious dip and then the other team scores six goals on you in, you know, 11 minutes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, that's good, too.
2: Before I had one quarter of my beer done, <laughs> the game was over. Ah. <laughs> uh...
0: Okay, so here's what's gonna happen. I haven't prepped. Um, I'm gonna stay muted for any time I'm not talking because the sneezing sometimes just comes out of nowhere. And uh, on top of that, the uh, that I don't I don't have anything else to say. Actually, that was all.
2: <laughs> Good pep talk, coach. <laughs>